Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It will be a fight. And there'll be a lot of death, unfortunately. It will be a fight we will win. But a lot less death. But there will be death. People should be actually kept out of the country for at least 28 days. America is not prepared. G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Butterfield Effect podcast. It's great to have you back for another week. Jeez, uh, you are looking well. Have you lost weight? I'm just thoroughly enjoying talking to you. Welcome. Hello. Good day. Um, it's great to be here. Now, on the show today, we are talking to someone, a gentleman by the name of Anthony Goodall. Now, Anthony is from the Australian largest UFO group on Australian Facebooks, uh, Australian UFO Sightings, AFOS, A-U-F-O-S. So go and check them out. Now, uh, he has uh, asked us to come along and be a part of a uh, hunt for some UFOs out in the Queensland outback. Now, the uh, coronavirus stuff that around a little bit. So we are going to do that at some point, but we thought we'd get him on the show just for a quick chat, sort of get an understanding of what his group is about, what they are doing in Australia, their thoughts on the old... Uh, you, you unidentified flying objects around the world and particularly in Australia and what, and on what we are going to uh, try and look at. Now, this conversation was fun. It was interesting. It took us a while to get going, sort of understand. He was a bit shy, uh, but Anthony's a good dude. And uh, we talked about the Min Min lights in Australia. We talked about Pine Gap, uh, which was Australia's Area 51. We also talked about some, uh, some flying sources that were spotted uh, by American... Um, American uh, uh, fighter pilots, um, you know, trusted military individuals. And this was one of them that we were talking about. And I thought I'd just um, give you my sort of understanding of it. So if you bear with me, I'll use my technological skills to jump over here. Now, um, I'm going to play this for you all. Now, this first one right here is, uh, I'm not sure if this is the Tic Tac uh, footage, but this is released by the Fent- by the Pentagon. By the Pentagon, uh, they release UFO films uh, by the US uh, US Navy pilots. So they they're not really sure what this is. These are you know trained fighter pilots. You can watch the clouds going past, and they're using infrared technology on this. Obviously, that's moving quite fast. It's pretty crazy like to to see this and the Pentagon have released this footage to us. Now, the one they talk about quite a bit, and I'll go back to the start of this one, they talk about quite a bit about this Tic Tac that floats along uh, the ocean. So there you can see the ocean, obviously. Now, I don't know anything about this. I have no fucking idea. I'm just talking out of my ass here, but it is pretty cool to see. Now, they use this technology, this this weapon technology here to lock onto this. And you just hear... Uh, how the uh, how the pilots react when they lock on to whatever this object is that is flying at speed. Now we talk about in the podcast uh, later on about the uh, the ability of these guys to pick this up in this infrared technology, and that the the object whatever it is flying across the ocean at high speeds is the exact same temperature as the ocean, which at this point and at this latitude longitude was about sixty degrees Fahrenheit 
which is uh, is not very not very. What is sixty degrees Fahrenheit? I'm going to Google that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, which is not overly uh, not overly warm at all. Hang on, sixty degrees. Ready for this? This is some live googling. Fahrenheit to Celsius. So sixty degrees Fahrenheit, fifteen degrees Celsius. So that's pretty chilly water. That's that's quite cold. I think in Australia the temperature of the water is normally like nineteen degrees in summer, eighteen degrees. So it's it's relatively cold. So people are saying it's a bird or it couldn't be a bird because it's too cold. This is the footage and this is how the pilots react when they lock onto it. So you see it flying there. They readjust. They try and lock onto it. It's flying pretty fast. It looks quite small. And now they lock it. And they're pumped up about it. But look how fast that is moving. Like that's pretty crazy. It's just hooking along the quite close to the to the ocean there. And this is some other footage as well. But ladies and gentlemen, this is what um, this is what this was all about. This was about us looking at, at that and trying to understand what is going on out there in the world so ladies and gentlemen this is my conversation my podcast with uh, anthony goodall from the australia ufo um uh, facebook page called ace afus australian ufo sightings uh check it out it's uh, it's it's a fun chat talking about something that uh both uh terrifies me and interests me ladies and gentlemen we've got anthony goodall not the wrong name that I've called you about 15 times. So now I have to reshoot my fucking intro into this podcast. You're sending me fake names. What's going on? What are you hiding? Mate, it's just an alias, you know. You've got to keep ourselves protected from these things, you know. Do you think you do? do you think there is an actual a need to, like, are you concerned that you'd, you'd stumble across something that you may need to actually protect your family from or, or you hide from or their authorities might be involved in? Personally, myself, no, I don't get that in depth with that sort of sort of stuff. Um, so, no, real no need to keep an alias there at all. Okay. So, okay. absolutely. Not. <laughs> yeah. So, take take me through what you guys are doing uh, on your Facebook page. You've got a large following there too. Yeah, it's uh, pretty much uh, what is it, over eight thousand members at the moment. So, basically, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get uh, the Australian side of things because everyone knows UFOs around the world. So, we want to try and keep things basic to Australia and. Um, get people's experiences, encounters, get their sort of footage and what they might have captured at the time, get them to explain what they've um, encountered so, and from their experience, get their point of view of what they um, they have seen. So um, unfortunately, there is has been a lot of misidentifications as well. So um, like a bit of lens flare or might have a bug fly across the screen or, so, or even drones or something like that. You know, um, so we try and help people that way as well. So there's a big thing to it. And some people like that, they have been legitimate on their captures we um, obviously like want to encourage that. So that's a big thing on our part there to try and get those in, those uh, those big captures. So and their experiences. Are there a lot of people sending things in? Like do, do people send things to you they've seen in the sky at night time and you just go, oh, that's that's obviously a bird or that's obviously a reflection or, or something else and you throw it away? Yeah, absolutely, so many. Like we, we, we still contact them and talk to them going, hey, this is what we think it is. Okay. Um, so there's nothing too obvious there to say that yep, that is an actual UFO object or like, like some things can be UFO, but some a lot of things can be explained too. But we don't go straight to the uh, the Australian the uh, UFO alien card. We don't throw that straight out because I like to encourage a bit of critical thinking. So yes. think logic and obviously go like take away the points. Like okay, so you see a craft in the in the sky, 
let's try and go through the points here. Could it be a plane? Could it be a drone? Could it be a bird in the distance? Could it be a bug that's just flying across your screen like as you're trying to record something? Uh, or is it a lens flare because there's a light source in the distance there that is reflecting on your camera's lens? Yeah. So basically, you've got to take all these things into account before you go and throw it out there and go, yep, that's an alien UFO. Hmm. I mean, and I think that is an important thing because we know that things to do with conspiratorial angles or anything that has to do with something that people uh, maybe they write off straight away or they think is a bit silly or they think that's just ridiculous. Uh, as soon as you start believing everything, then that's when people don't take you seriously. But if you go in with that critical angle, and I mean, some of the people that uh, I've done films with in the past, like the ghost hunter people and all those type of guys, they are very much into disproving uh, video footage or whatever they have. And then, you know, if they can't disprove it, that's when they go, okay, well, maybe this is something else. That's right. And that's how it should be. Um, Cause like, like with the paranormal world, like you get these little spec orbs in the photos and lots of stuff. Yeah. And Oh, it's a spirit. You know, it's like, well, hang on. There's a lot of dust particles. here. The flash is going off. You're capturing dust particles in the, in the rooms there where you're walking around. Cause you just, you're obviously in an empty room. No one's been walking around there. So obviously dust is going to be laying around and you're going to be walking around and they're kicking dust up, breathing, putting air in the rooms and that and dust is going to go everywhere and you're going to be flashing pictures everywhere, mm. which is going to reflect off the dust particles. Yeah. So that's, that's been a very, um, I think it's been debunked years ago with that sort of concept on, on UFO, uh, not, uh, with, uh, ghost hunting. Yep. And we, we had one recently, uh, was sent to me and, and I thank the person that sent it to me of, of uh, our Yowie investigation, our Bigfoot investigation yeah. that was done a number of months ago. And it was a screenshot or a number of screenshots of some of that footage. And um, if I can find it, I'll put it in here. Uh, it, it was basically just a reflection of something. Well, what I think is a reflection, but they were stating that this was a yowie in the bushes. You could see it move. Now, I looked at it on my phone and uh, perhaps that's not the best way to, to view it. Maybe I should have done it on the, on the computer, on the, on the desktop with a bigger screen and uh, high, de uh, high definition, all that type of business. But People study this shit, man. They are they are balls deep in into the paranormal, into UFOs. And would you consider yourself someone who who is desperately um, searching for proof, or are you just a casual observer? Are you someone that's had experiences in the past as well? Yeah, I've had a couple of encounters that I can't really explain. But like my logical thinking was, well, I'll explain to you in a sec. But like I was just saying, yeah, like. People taking photos like the Yowie thing are there with the reflection in the thing are there. It could be very well something like leaf reflecting or that might have a bit of uh, dew on it. But like, if you're taking a photo in the nighttime, especially, shadow's going to cast everywhere. Yeah. So when you're looking at these things, shadow's casting, a bit of reflection, a bit of light, it's not all there. And pictures lie to you all the time. Um, they can mislead you, and people that are desperate to go and believe that is something, they'll just go find anything that looks familiar to them in their brains. And go, that's a face right there. And it's like, just hang on, that could be a just a shadow the way it's cast, sort of thing, you know, like get those little reflections of the windows and that is like light casting and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot and of things that go on taking account. That's what humans look for too. They look for a face, something that they are familiar with. It's what something they see every day. They 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 constantly recognize a face, a nose, eyes, lips, all that type of shit. And then when they see it in nature, they go, Oh shit, this is this is full on. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how it is. That's so many people get the misconceptions that there's something there because their brain is trying to familiarize, find something familiar, what they want to want to see basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so take me through your experiences, if you will, and, and what brought you to this point of um, being one of the co-creators of this page. Um, so basically uh, as a kid, uh, 
I was in a bit of sleep there, which sort of got me onto the idea. My old man, he was outside, um, talking to some friends there while I was in bed, because I think it was a school night. And he's come rushing, and, oh, I just saw a UFO. And I'm like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> I'm sort of like starting to freak out, thinking aliens are going to come in and start invading us or something. And um, basically, just the light, like, yeah, he was sitting there talking, and this bright light just shot across the sky and went to, like, and it just sort of stopped. And he thought it was like a shooting star sort of thing. He's like, oh, that's a bit weird. And, he, and then, like, he's sort of talking, and then it's like, sort of keeping an eye on it still, and it's ducked off to another star and, like, stopped again. It's like, holy shit, that's something a bit weird. And I uh, like, did it, like, a couple of times, like, as if, going to like a checkpoint because every star was a checkpoint just stopping there and then eventually just took off straight across the sky right so i guess that's what sort of sparked my interest there but um my encounter there was um i was at work in a uh, blackwater mine uh this is back in 2015 anyway so i was cruising up i was driving a truck at the time there and cruising up <laughs> and i see these two orange lights following side by side and it's sort of Hooking along reasonably fast than that. And then I've jumped on the tail going, oh, holy shit, check this out. There's a bloody two orange lights there cruising along the sky. And anyway, no flashing lights, no navigation lights, just two orange lights. And immediately I'm thinking like it could be two fighter jets flying side by side. I'm just seeing the uh, thrusters or the burners, what do you want to call them? Anyway, um, yeah, no one else could really see it. But then when I went in for some smoke at the end of that, the few of the boys that were at the crib up, they were saying, yeah, no, we saw them. It was bloody awesome. And I'm like, oh, shit. So what was it? Like two fighter jets flying over or something like that? He goes, nah, there was like no sound at all. Like these things flew like, like directly over above us. If they were two fighter jets, you'd definitely hear them roaring past you. How high, how high would you estimate these would have been above you? Oh, mate. Uh, maybe a thousand feet. Not, it's not right. that high. So not high. No. So these things just flew straight across. Like They were going fast, but not super duper fast like <clears throat> um, supernaturally fast to our logic sure so like, we're still hooking along pretty well yeah so hard not to rule out fire jets in my perspective but from what they were saying and like saying yeah i was hooking along and the fact that i was making no noise when they went past it's sort of hard not to speculate that these things could have been genuine ufos flying over and one of the things so, that's quite constant with ufo reportings is the speed that it's traveling or the direction or the change of the direction, perhaps is a better way to put it is often not uh, consistent with how we can engineer uh, aircraft. And I know there was a conversation about the Tic Tac, um, the Tic Tac UFO that was spotted by some fighter fighter pilots in America that was, uh, and I could be completely wrong here, but I was, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast talking about it and it went something from sea level to 40,000 feet in under a second. Like, yeah, it was phenomenal. And then they found on the radars down the track somewhere else. It's like how they get there in that matter of time. Yeah, wasn't it? Are you familiar with that story? Like how far it travelled in a couple of seconds? I can't give you exact details. I just roughly know the story about it. But um, but it crazy. Been, like it, it makes no it, sense. No, it doesn't. It's like... It's been a bit of conspiracy stuff. Like someone's trying to call it a bloody duck or a goose flying along. It's like, come on, these these guys are fighter pilots. They're highly trained. Yes. And they're popping up on the radar. They're trying to follow. They're trying to track this thing. And you know, people are trying to debunk stuff all the time there, and sort of like trying to call out the government on their bullshit. But it's like, well, if it's bullshit, then yeah, okay, it's bullshit. But if this thing is real, then at least uh, the media of the world's coming out with it, like especially the American government's starting to come out with these sort of things, which we want, we would encourage that. So, but yeah, it's just phenomenal how something like that can travel so far. And then now the, uh, the American military is admitting to it. Yeah. That these having, things actually do. 
Yeah, fighter pilots coming out saying they've seen things they don't understand. And I think the one we were talking about, the Tic Tac, and they call it the Tic Tac because it is the shape of a Tic Tac, obviously quite large, like larger yeah. than a Tic Tac. And the, the one thing they, they kept saying about that was uh, that the people were referring to it as a bird or a goose or a duck or something yeah. flying. But the, the, uh, the technology used to film it was an infrared uh, weapon system. And yeah. the, the, there was no, no glow, no white glow of the object, which m- means it's the same temperature as what's below it. So it was the same temperature as the ocean, which in uh, wherever they were flying was something like 60 degrees Fahrenheit, which is very, very chilly. And you would think that if yeah. something is flying at that speed, it would produce a lot of heat, some combustion, uh, you know, a, a jet engine in this case. But nothing. Yes, absolutely. And I guess that's what leads people to these questions, like what what are people seeing in the sky? And I mean, it, it goes back. We're talking ancient times. People are seeing things oh, in the sky. Centuries. centuries, yeah. You know, there's there's cave paintings. There's uh, a, a that are out. Yeah, a multitude of archaeological digs. People have seen these photos, seen carvings, paintings. Yeah. I mean, I I can't personally understand how people can think that the human race. Are the only people in the universe. Oh, you got to be extremely ignorant to go and think that. Eh? Like you, yeah. if you look at the stars in the sky and you've seen billions of stars, and just to think that you're the only one there and our only life form in this universe is extremely ignorant. And and, and billions of stars, religions and stuff. Billions of stars separated by enormous and and in some cases infinite space. You know, these, these aren't just all clumped together like they seem in the night sky. These, these stars, they go on forever. Like if you, if you talk about uh, the numbers side of things, the statistical side of things, it is almost a complete certainty that there are, you know, different variations of you and I in different universes if the yeah. universe is infinite like some people believe. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's got to be. So what, absolutely. what do you... What are you seeing on this page of yours? I I, um, I believe it. you have to request to become a member. Yes, you do. So, uh, so during my research, I, I wasn't able to uh, view uh, in my research being this afternoon when I, when I clicked on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. I will request if that's okay. Um, yeah, that's fine. Talk to me about the type of people that you, that you come across there and some of the footage that you've received. So a lot of it is, unfortunately, misidentification, but there have been some there where it have been questionable sort of objects there. So we obviously want to help them out as much as we can to go and bring out their stories. Um, unfortunately, most of the stories are just people's experience in the encounters with no footage. Um, so obviously, look, they've seen object in the sky and sort of stuff like that. And they'll say like, this thing zigzagged across the sky at phenomenal speeds and then just took off or disappeared. Or it might've been sitting in the sky for ages in the one spot and then disappeared. Um, which unfortunately can be another misidentification because um you know you've got the planets there you've got the morning stars and all the afternoon stars like venus they're being a brightest star in the sky in the evening there it's extremely bright and then obviously give it a half an hour or so it's going to disappear and they're going oh it's disappeared that was your boat instead yeah. of taking into account the earth's rotation and you know things are going to disappear <clears> in the sky as time progresses so but um yeah, a lot of stuff is people just seeing objects zigzagging, obviously seeing objects, tic-tac UFOs, sort of things, concepts, um, cigar-shaped, just a lot of things like that, and just explaining how they saw it, how they were feeling at the time, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, was, uh, I was out in the bush with uh, a gentleman by the name of Adam Greentree, who's a friend of mine, and we, I stayed up at his farm there, and 
across the ridge is is a mountain range and there was a fire on the mountain range this is going back a couple of months there was a fire just a small fire it started to grow and we we're like oh shit that's not that's no good and we were we were concerned because we saw these cars drive up there earlier this is probably about nine ten o'clock at night we saw these cars drive up there a bit earlier and we thought oh maybe they've set something on fire or they're they're, they're you know burning rubbish or, or or someone's thrown a cigarette out or whatever's happened now probably about 20 or 30 minutes after we started and Adam's a hunter. So he's got these spotting scopes. So we're watching the fire through these spotting scopes and it's probably about four or five kilometers, maybe, maybe more away. And we're, you know, as, as the crow flies and all of a sudden we see this, what, what we originally thought was a flare. So this shoots up this really large, bright orange ball of light shoots up into the sky above the fire and we're thinking, oh shit, someone's someone's in there, you know. Yeah. But what happened was it didn't just go like a flare, like up and then you know sort of stay up there for a little bit and then come down. It went up and up and up and up and then went like across the sky and then disappeared. And oh, we wow. were just like, in comparison to the mountain, it would have gone maybe seven, 800, maybe a kilometre and a half into the air. Like this went high. Yeah. And we were sitting there and, and Adam has been spent countless hours, not only in the Australian bush, but in, in the American, um, in the American the jungle, whatever you want to call it over there. And he spent hours and hours and hours out there by himself. So I'm sure if anyone has seen weird shit, it's him. But even, and, yeah. and this is what made me feel uncomfortable because he's, he's saying to me, I don't know what the fuck that was. That was weird. That was creepy. So we're all freaking out. And um, he has a couple of good stories about up, up there. But, man, it was one of those situations where, you know, people go, oh, why didn't you pull your phone out? You are so in awe of what's happening. That's it. You just go, so often. What, is, what, is, what is this? You know, you, you human, um, your intrigue takes over more than anything yeah. else. Yeah, curiosity just takes over and he's, in absolute awe. Mm, absolutely. So, so we didn't get anything from that, but it certainly made me think. And I think this was around the time that you sent me uh, uh, an email about going out and doing a bit of uh, UFO uh, spotting or hunting, and and uh, it's something that we definitely want to do. Unfortunately, at the time, it was the Rona. Um, but uh, so what? So what do you, what do you do personally with this type of stuff? Do you go out and try and find UFOs? Um, we haven't really set up anything just yet, but um, obviously, it's been something. In- uh, that I've been wanting to do for a long time there. Um, yeah, obviously, Corona's <laughs> made things bad for the time being because I was wanting to go and start doing so, that sort of stuff. It's really inconvenienced us. But um, obviously, yeah, we want to start doing expeditions and start trying to do some bit of UFOs. So things like that. Um, there, there's also a thing called um, CE5 contact, which is like sort of like a group of people where they do like a bit of meditations and then trying to get a good vibe and sort of send uh, energies out to like alien beings or whatever it is that they were trying to contact and trying to get some sort of feedback from. Yeah. I'm a little bit uncertain with it because um, there's something that um, uh, Stephen Greer started out and he started doing this like laser pointers, strobe lights in towards the sky and trying to meditate to try and contact these things. And he reckons he's had lots of success with it. But um, the thing I'm a bit against is people start charging, start trying to, um, monetize all the expeditions, which I'm highly against that. Yeah. Like this is something that shouldn't be monetized at all. This is like something that should be like brought to the world, open up and let people experience this. 
obviously like there's going to be costs to it. So obviously cover the cost, but don't try and make a profit out of it. Mm. But anyway, um, yeah. So obviously there's something might worth trying out there, try and get some sort of good energy about us, you know, get a good vibe happening and hopefully something might happen. Um, a lot of things that can happen with that too is though, like your little satellites come past and you get the thing called the um, iridium flares from the satellites there. And a lot of people can misidentify that as a contact when they're doing this sort of stuff. And what are they, sorry? Uh, iridium flares, satellites. Okay. Because there's just so much junk in the sky there. So they're going to reflect light. So right, a lot of people right, gotcha, yeah. So there's a lot of people are going to be doing this CE5 contact <clears> and thinking, oh yeah, there's a bright light in the sky there. It's got to be an alien. Yeah. Trying to contact up and instead of yeah. taking into account that yep, okay, you got your um, iridium flares, you got satellites flying over that can still reflect light, and just a whole another concept of unfortunately misidentification. But until you see something that goes does absolutely something phenomenal, and out of our uh, you know our uh, physics logic, then of course you're gonna have something there. Yeah. But obviously, when we do go out there, we're gonna hope for the best. It can't guarantee that we're gonna get something because mm. it's just obviously hope for the best. And that's one of those and, um, things where with the uh, with the orange light that we saw, it was one of these situations where you go, okay, is that is that an asteroid? Is that a satellite burning off? Like it sort of makes sense, but it was going in the opposite direction. You would think it would be coming down into the atmosphere rather than going up. I mean, this is where I guess people for centuries and millennia have been looking up at the sky and going, oh, you know, what what is happening up there? I mean, it is a daunting thing. You look at the sky uh, on a night where you know, the moon is, the moon is, you know, it's, it's, a, there's no moon and this, the, the lights or wherever you are, there's not much light pollution. Like you really get an understanding for, for what is happening out there. And you can see a lot that is happening in, in the universe surrounding you. And it must, it must be particularly when, when you go places like where Adam Greentree's farm is, it is, he takes amazing photos on his Instagram uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll pop one up here. It's, it's, it is incredible to look at the Milky Way and it gives you some perspective to the size of the universe surrounding you. And I mean, this is what people in, in ancient times were looking at every single night or every single night there was no strong moon. No light pollution. No light pollution whatsoever. And, and I think it's uh, in Hawaii, the Keck Observatory there, that, that's up quite yep. high. And, and, and it gives you an opportunity to, to look at the universe for what it is. And it, it really allows people to, I, I think, understand that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And it is <laughs> confronting to look at that shit. It, it must be. Now, I, I just want to know, sorry, one of the, some of the people that you encounter, a lot of people would label them as nutbags or crazy people or conspiracy theorists. How do you, how do you feel about the people that are a part of your, your group there? Obviously, you do get some people that would be quite considered crazy. Like, they have to say, like, they've been um, abducted by aliens or they've had an alien encounter, someone in their room, like an alien being in their room. But you have to take things with a bit of grain of salt, but also be open-minded towards it. Like, you can't just go and say, no, you're a bloody nutbag, get out. And sort of stuff. Like, you have to take it in. Like, obviously, until you experience it yourself, you yep. can't really say, no, nah, it's all fake. So, obviously, yeah, you'll take it in, look, really think about like the situation obviously if they've done it that's happened to them it's happened to them but we can't doubt their experience or in their encounter so um the only thing we really go on are against is the fake videos on youtube that you see so many of and like there's obviously things to look out for but some a lot of people who are so desperate to believe these things they'll look at these things and go oh it's absolutely real that's real real footage so then you have to try and break down what's what is going on here to try and break away the fake footage and that sort of stuff 
So, um, yeah, like you were saying before, like people are desperate to believe and they'll believe anything that they see in the sky and in videos and that sort of stuff. And you got to, you sort of try to really, uh, educate them in a sense to go and really think hard about what they're looking at. Like, don't just assume that's going to be what it is. Think about it, break it down. Try and think logically first before you go and make this big claim about something. Mm. Like, unless you see it straight up do something phenomenally out of our laws of physics, then by all means, you've got something for sure. Yeah, and I, I, with with everything to do with UFOs, it all sort of, you know, dates back a long time, but the mainstream thoughts and opinions on it have, you know, more often than not stems from Roswell, uh, which I believe yep. was what, in the 50s and and yep. uh, in New Mexico there and uh, Area 51, that, that whole thing. And yep. a lot of people point to that to be weapons testing, to be... Uh, you know, aeronautics, if that is even a word, but uh, aeroplane testing, uh, test pilots, that type of thing. And then you talk to other people who say, yes, that is partially the truth, but they were reverse engineering craft. That's why they were so similar to alien craft. And what do you make of the whole Area 51 uh, saga? Well, uh, it's hard because, like, obviously, Bob Lazar was the one who broke that open with George Knapp there with his interview with that. And, um, mm. That's what blew Area 51 out. No one knew about Area 51 until Bob Lazar came out with it. Um, so, which is obviously a big thing back in the late 80s into the 90s sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously one of those things like where people want to go, nah, he's just doing it for the bullshit money and all sort of stuff. But the thing, he, he hasn't monetized on it. He hasn't, like people have tried donating to him. He's like, no, I don't want the money. So, yeah, it's sort of one of those things they're like, well, if someone's not taking money on it, there's got to be some more of a legitimacy about it. And, um, yeah, so I don't know the Area Fifty One thing. It's mind blowing to think what they have been doing there, sort of thing. Because um, the then Bob Lazar, yeah, the Bob Lazar and George Knapp story is very, very. Uh, it's confronting for people who try to disprove things because Bob yeah. Lazar seems to be coming from such a uh, such a believable point of view. Like it doesn't, as you said, he doesn't try to monetize things. He just lives his own life. He really genuinely believes that people are out to discredit and kill him. Uh, like he is in fear for his life. That documentary uh, on Netflix, I think it's probably still on there. I mean, this was, we're going back about a year now when he was on Rogan's yeah. podcast talking about it. But man, that is confronting and eye-opening stuff. That is, you know, yeah. you look at that and you go, come on, that's fucking full-on business. Uh, you know, he talks about seeing craft and reverse engineering and and all these yep. things where you just go, holy shit. Like either, and what is the most frightening from it is either he is full of shit or he's telling the truth. There's a 50% yeah. chance either way. And, you know, it's, it's, it's scary that that is a possibility. Yeah, that's right. And then um, obviously, yeah, things going from there. People got like George Knapp, and then you got um, the, well, well, recently now, the last couple of years, the Two to Stars Academy started coming into it. Yeah. Trying to go, and I think they're the ones that broke open the, uh, the how was it, the Nimitz? I think it's Nimitz, the Tic Tac UFO. Yep. They, brought, they broke that out, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's always the Two to Stars Academy. I don't know, they, they seem legit at the start there like saying they're going to bring all this stuff out, then things just went quiet from there. And like after they brought this, yeah, the Tic Tac UFO thing, I'm pretty sure. So, but it's just from like, you know, organizations keep promising all these things that are going to bring out this, um, you know, opening up the world to disclosure of UFOs and that. So it's like you're hoping and, and hoping and hoping, but 
they say, oh yeah, something big's coming, something's big's coming, and then nothing happens. It's like, well, what's going on? Yeah. Why are you like all of a sudden saying yes, something's there, and then just get shut up? And the fact that the the U.S. government's bringing out, you know, from uh, people high ranking in the in the Defense Department, uh, talking about it and coming out and, and and agreeing with it and saying we don't know what this is, like that is strange that they're actually admitting to that. Like it, it, it almost like for a de- defense force to come out and say, we don't know what's going on with this particular object sort yeah. of back in the day would have been seen like quite a weakness, particularly during the cold war or even after world war two that, but you know, that's, that's a, a weak um, may, maybe could be seen as a weak attitude to have, but now it's just like, Hey, let's put this out there in the open. Perhaps that's because people are seeing it more. Uh, maybe it's not as much of a taboo. I mean, that's America. Is, is there an Australian Area 51? I know people talk about, um, uh, what's it called? Bloody. Uh, I'm trying to it now. <laughs> I know the one you're talking about. Uh, it's a bloody whole series. But yeah, there, there's places in Australia. Where are the, the, the main places in Australia people see UFOs? And is there a reason for those places being hotspots? Uh, there's a few there. I can't think of them off the top of my head. They're like People claim they're a hotspot there, but. There's not enough information to go and claim that. Like, as it like always, UFO sightings are always random, and people yeah. say, "Oh yeah, we're out here," and there's always sightings and that. It's like, well, like you're you take it to go and take. What are we looking at here? Sort of thing, just to go instead of claiming straight up UFO. So a lot of things need to be taken into account there, saying if they're a hotspot or not. Because like, yeah, one person might go there, spend the weekend there, saw nothing, and then go, "Well, I thought this was a hotspot," and just get. Yeah. Um, upset and disappointed. People talk about Pine Gap, and that was one I was thinking of. Yeah, and there's a there's a series on it on uh, on one of the streaming services. But Pine Gap is the Australian Area 51, and people talk about it's a secret base, and and uh, yeah. you know that's the thing. Like people start talking about conspiratorial angles, and people discredit them immediately. But a lot of conspiracies have proven to be correct. And that's that is scary when you talk about places like Pine Gap, Area Fifty One, Area Fifty One, rather. Because yeah. I was like, the world wouldn't know about it if someone didn't go say, "Hey, this is there," and then it's actually there. It's like, holy shit! Okay, like since when has that been there? And you're like the whole mind just gets blown and going, "Well, what else is getting kept secret from yeah. us?" Thing and um, yeah, but like you're saying, conspiracies are out there everywhere, and whether people want to take that on as information legitimacy or whatever, that's up to them, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to go out and we're going to, well, what are we going to do? Because we're going to make a doco about this, um, hopefully yep. sooner rather than later before everything gets shut down again. What, what, are, you, what yeah. are you thinking we, we do? What is the plan? So basically I'm thinking uh, Boulia, in, it's in central Queensland, like right dead middle of Queensland. Uh, it's a few hours south of Mount Isa. Uh, okay. It's supposed to be the, uh, the Min Min Light hotspot. Mm. So... Basically, there's a big thing about min min lights. No one knows what they are. They've got theories that they're gas between heat and cold, hot and cold sort of thing that mix together and you know create a bit of an illusion of light from the uh, from the horizon sort of thing. Um, so basically, we're hoping to see some min min lights, get some action from that, and hopefully get some in the skies as well that can sort of blow our minds and go, "Holy crap, that is actually a legitimate UFO." Um, so obviously, camp out a couple of nights and hope for the best. Really. Okay. Okay, camping out, mate. I don't do camping very well. I'm not a camper. I'm into too- a bit of the glamping, are you? Hey, into a bit of the glamping. Yeah, glamp me up. I went glamping at uh, Taronga Zoo a number of years ago. It was actually not bad. It was good fun. Uh, yeah. But even there, you hear some freaky shit. Like in the middle of the night, you hear bloody, uh, you know, the monkeys going, and it's all on this this weird prime primeval sort of uh, 
or primal uh, fear you have in your body, you know, you are genuinely concerned when you hear these uh, <laughs> these voices or these these noises coming from African animals. It's quite strange that it's yeah. that it's built uh, deep into your uh, to your psyche and your genetics and even your epigenetics, perhaps. And I mean, I, I guess that does come back to UFOs as well. What? Why do you think that there's been so many sightings or you know, we go back to the, if we can go back to the ancient cultures again, why do you think this throughout ancient cultures in different parts of the world, why do you think there's so many that connect to the exact same image or the saucer or the, uh, the same sort of structure to these, these beings, if you will? Well, I suppose like, there's a big theory there. Aliens are played a massive influence on us, but why are they only played in the early parts? I don't know. I can't really explain that one. Um, then sort of left us to go. So I think I'll explore a bit of like an alien ant farm. So obviously plant us on this planet here and just see how we go. And then like, you know, sort of guide us a little bit throughout the years and that sort of thing. And so obviously what with the ancient uh, civilizations and that, they would have seen these beings as gods mm. and so worship them. And so hence why we've got like these weird, you know, little stone sculptures and little artifacts and stuff like that that's supposed to represent them as a, a gift, I suppose, or, you know, a bit of a um, religious artifact maybe or something that sort of worships them in a sense. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to explain that one. There's a lot of theories on it. And, but I definitely certainly think that, yeah, aliens have played an influence on us in the past. They're trying to help us to where we are now. And, yeah, I can't really explain too much more. because <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't have the answers for it. Yeah, and I don't think many people do. I mean, where, no. what, do you say, what do you say to people who, who, who say it's bullshit straight off the bat? Oh, you just got to say to them, look, you got to think. We're not, we can't be the only ones here. And people have been seeing these things for centuries. So you're like thinking to the, the, uh, the logic here is like, we can't be the only ones here. People are seeing them. Think about that. And like, why are they hiding? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, you just got to try and, I don't know, see it from their point of view, like why they aren't there, but you've got to try and explain to them as well as like why they can be here. Yeah. And I so mean, like, a lot of people just poo-poo it straight from the start, but, I mean, maybe at some point in the future, there will be something that happens that will make everyone believe. I think it was perhaps Stephen Hawking who, who said uh, in, in relation to aliens and extraterrestrials and other beings from other planets, uh, whether or in, in relation to whether or not it would be a peaceful visit or a peaceful first interaction. And, and he yeah. stated... Um, something along and I'm paraphrasing obviously something along the lines of well look what happens when any uh alien from another country uh, visited some a native species a native uh, a native uh people uh to that land uh, look what happened to them it was always violent and and perhaps that's yeah. what will happen uh if aliens happen to land on earth perhaps it would be a violent interaction. I mean, maybe that's just a human thought because that's what humans have done uh, to native yeah. people in the past, unfortunately. But that's got to be a bit terrifying as well, I think, because oh, that's absolutely. that's some scary shit. <laughs> yeah. Look, we like to think that if the, an alien race can come from another planet, they have to have a higher intellect and a higher understanding. And you'd think that there would be a, of a higher mentality or a higher... Um, Listen, a higher state and just be a peaceful sort of concept mm. instead of just going guns blazing and destroy everything. Yeah. Well, you hope so. It's hard not to think too that there could be other alien races that are like humans 
feel curious, but also want to have their own self gains and, you know, destroy worlds and take over sort of thing. But whether we have come across the uh, the peaceful ones, I don't know. But then there's also theories there where we're dealing with multiple races of aliens, like, you know, you got your reptilians and your Nibiru and your greys and all that sort of stuff there. Like, and there's people saying some of them are violent and some of them are just, uh, you know, curious and want to keep experimenting on us. Like, you know, back in the day when you're getting abducted by aliens there and you're always getting anal probe and all that sort of stuff there. There's a big story back in the 90s. Where does that come from, like, the anal probing? Why is it always anal probing? <laughs> I don't know. Because it's like, okay, okay like, what is, <laughs> what is there to discover from one's anus? Oh, mate, I don't know. Oh, I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> I demand answers. with the ass. I'm not really sure, mate. That's confronting. That's confronting. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I, it's a strange one because it does really strike fear into people to say, like, listen, hey, if the aliens come, they're going to go for your asshole. I, I don't understand that. But, um, but yeah, take me through uh, the different type of aliens people talk about because you, you just mentioned... Um, reptilians now as far as reptilians are concerned i was talking to one of my mates toddy a couple of weeks ago and i i brought this up a couple of times in in uh, podcasts and and he often talks about a lot of uh fringe topics conspiracy topics and he said mate I've, i was watching this video on the coronavirus and i was like oh, okay and he said my very interesting stuff what this guy had to say so who are you who are you talking about he said david ike and i said listen I'm sure David Icke's got some interesting things to say, but he's also got some weird things to say about reptilians. Can you can you touch on the reptilian topic for us? Not particularly on the reptilians. All I know is that they're reptile looking, and I have seen uh, <laughs> weird videos where they reckon the rept the other uh, royal family is supposed to be reptilians. You know, all the higher class, not high class, you know, the, the high profile of the yeah. world. Yeah, I suppose we controlled by reptilians, and they're all reptilians. Governments run by them, all that type of stuff. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty much it. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. It's one of those things that I take lightly on. Like, I want to see facts in front of me instead of going, seeing a video on Facebook or YouTube and going, "Oh, this is all real." I was like, okay, look, give me some more information behind it, and I'll look into it. Maybe think more into it. Yeah, but just seeing videos in there, like where. You know, they look around and their eyes change and go weird or something. It's like, well, you can have digital errors all the time when people are filming. Like, you know, a bit of a glitch in the film. So, because of the cameras are focused on their eyes and that, it could have just been a simple glitch in their eyes. So I'm like, you know, maybe I think things too logically and not open-minded to these sort of things. I just, yeah, yeah I don't, it's just one of those things I just sort of take to a grain of salt and just, yeah, one thing's progress before I go, yep, this is definitely true. I don't, I don't go open up saying, yep. This is it. This is what it is. I mean, there's a lot of people that are. I, I think it's a seldom thought um, with people that they're they're open to that idea that possibly that could be happening, but chances are yeah. it's not. And I, I sort of think that's where I am too. I'm 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 down the the line of okay, chances are there's not reptilians, and you know yeah. the queen's not a reptilian, and all that type of shit. But yeah. You know, stranger things have happened. Well, maybe not stranger things have happened, but, you know, there are some strange things that happen. And maybe she is a, a, a little Komodo dragon or some shit, you know, like whatever. Uh, but I, I think it's important, as you said, to just take it all in and say, okay, maybe that's a bit bullshit, but maybe the truth lies somewhere, maybe in this case, not in the middle, maybe closer to the not being a reptilian. But, um, and, of course, me saying that the Queen's not a reptilian immediately makes me a reptilian shill 
and perhaps me being a reptilian <laughs> as well. So whatever, maybe I am. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? Maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but man, you're, I, you're doing well. Exactly. I am really, really interested in, in in our expedition when we get to go out there, and I look forward to uh, to talking to you in person and going across that. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show and just introduce everyone to you. So when we do go out and do it, you know who we're who we're dealing with and what we're going to uh, to look at. So uh, thank you very much for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to cover before before we call it quits? Oh, not particularly. Maybe if um, obviously people got experiences there and want to share it with us, by all means, uh, we. We pride ourselves on making sure it's a safe page for people to go and post their experiences and their encounters, and we will help them if they've got something that um, they think that might not be a UFO, but they might have a question going, hey, why is this here? What's happening here? So we'll definitely help them there, but we um, we pride ourselves in keeping a safe environment, keep the trolls out, keep the people that go, yep, no, nah, it's fucking stupid, you're an idiot, sort of thing. Yep. So we, don't, we don't tolerate that. We keep those people away. So basically, um, yeah, that's... Pretty much it. I want people, yeah, come out with your stories, come out with your experiences. Beautiful. So, um, yeah, UFO sightings or Orphos for short. Um, and we'll have the links yeah, down below in the description as well. And um, and I'll tell you what I'll do is uh, when when I let you go now, I'll go back and re uh, reshoot my intro where I called you the wrong name 400 times because you're all using bloody uh, different names to save your lives. Um, I'll go over and I'll probably even play that Tic Tac uh, footage and the uh, Min Min lights perhaps and, and just give people a bit of an understanding of what we're talking about there. But uh, thank you very much for coming along, Anthony. I really do appreciate that. And, um, and let's catch up shortly, brother. I appreciate your time. Absolutely, mate. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. See you all, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Be a good motherfucker. Peace in the Middle East. Big stinks. And I'll see you all very soon. To the Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.